I invert my Y axis. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, can you do that online? And I do it. And then she goes, oh, can you invert the other one as well? I'm like, what? <laughs> She's like, sideways. She's no shit. She plays inverted X and Y axis. How, how? How do you even... It doesn't even make sense. I have no fucking idea. There's something fucking weird going on in her head. <laughs> Up is down and left is right. Oh, that explains her fucking driving. <laughs> Gaming. Drop it, gaming. Drop it, gaming. Drop it, gaming. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Drop Bear Gaming podcast. Yeah, episode thirty, big three zero. We finally made it. Congratulations. Hey. Um, what happens at thirty? Do we? Are we like your edging? insurance gets cheaper, doesn't it? Oh man. Can't wait. Thirty. <laughs> or, or you can, yeah, you can get a policy where no one under thirty can drive your car. And can you? I thought that was twenty-five. Oh, it depends, but when you start getting old, I think they have the old person's policy. Man, that'd be funny if I did that on my car. Sorry, Ashley, you can't drive my car. Oh. <laughs> You're under twenty-five. <laughs> Sorry. You thought being young was so good. And guess what? <laughs> we get to have a we get to have a big thirtieth party as well, and just get really belligerently drunk, and then make a dick of ourselves. Maybe get naked, and then tell just apologize all day the next day. Um, Jeez, oh, <laughs> this is a fucking awesome episode. So this is episode thirty. I wasn't here last week to hear the survival horror stuff because you guys scared me away. Oh. Um, not last week, last fortnight. Which, in fact, the people who listen to this episode will have heard that episode probably not yet. <laughs> yeah, it might not actually be out yet. We might actually get 30 up before 29. It's a race. I said to Lucas, make sure you get episode 29 up by tomorrow because I'm going to just throw this episode up how it is. So <laughs> we, we're, we're rolling loose this week, fortnight. I'm just not going to get used to that. Um, I just I prefer you guys anyway. Oh. Nah, just kidding. You guys suck. That's fair enough. <laughs> no. Um, right, so we've got a few things to talk about. Uh, I don't remember why I wasn't here on the last episode, but I'm sure there's a very good reason. And I'm sure all the episode was very good. Trust me, guys, you'll hear it eventually and you'll like it, hopefully. I haven't heard it yet either. Uh, we're going to talk about some new games and we will. Oh, and I went to Supernova. Uh, God of War Ascension, the new God of War was announced, and some other stuff. So, what have you guys been up to in the past two weeks? Anything interesting? Uh, just relishing in more Borderlands fun. Yeah, in uh, the co-op, well, getting all amped for the new one. See, first, CZ played a little bit of Borderlands with us until four a.m. Oh yes, and. Uh, for some reason, the look on her face was almost, you know, it was almost like going on a bender and, and regretting it the next day. But, um, but no, but then she bettered it. And, well, I, I can't say it was just her because, you know, obviously I was along for the ride and uh, enjoying every minute of it as a confessed Borderlands addict. And we played until not 6 o'clock because I have to say it that way. 
at 6.30 and the sun was coming up. Mm. So I think she likes it. So yeah. what, what platform are you playing on? 360. 360. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, just, you just want to ask that, man, so you can start it up. <laughs> you just want to start it up. <laughs> I want to do it. Oh, we, I have it on my PC. I bought it on Steam on special and I've literally never fucking touched it. It's not even installed on my computer anymore. You better buddy up with some oh. PC friends though because it's not, it's not a lot of fun on your own. I know, no. and I don't know anyone who has a fucking computer games. <laughs> I don't know why I bought it. I have so many co-op games on Steam, it's ridiculous. It's like I was going to buy um, Shoot Many Robots the new game from Ubisoft, which is like, it's a 2D side scroller where you shoot robots or something. And it has four player co op, and you can do that little. You probably shoot many robots, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. <laughs> cheap. But it, this it's is a supposed cheap to have, episode, folks. It's supposed to have some weird customization thing where you can have, like, literally, they their little um, trailer for it says, like, you can have, like, millions of different possible classes for your character because, like, each piece of equipment you put on has different attribute bonuses. So you might, like, put on a jetpack that has plus five awesomeness right. or something. And so, effectively, your character is, can be completely different. You can have all these different weapons. Anyway... It has like, um, oh, what other games does Steam do that have this? Um, what is that, Dungeon Defenders or something? You could um, you could buy it and it gives you the option to pay like the price of three and get four codes <clears throat> for the game. So you can give you can gift three three of your friends the game so you can play four player co op. Right. And so I was looking at Shoot Many Robots and I was like, that game looks really cool. I want to play it. And then I looked at my Steam list and I could only find two people that I was willing to give the game to. And they don't, neither of them wanted to play it. (laughs) So I was like, hey guys, here's a free game for you so we can play together. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I was like, if I buy this game for you, will you play it with me? They're like, nah. That sucks. Unfriended, man. Fuck that. Yeah. And it's not like it's a <laughs> shitty looking game. They're just like don't have time. Oh, hey, that's the legitimate excuse, I think, isn't it? It is. Look, yeah. in all fairness, it I in half an hour just to make me happy. <laughs> how I can't is even my friendship find enough you? time in the day to play the bloody Xbox, let alone sit and. Well, I guess for me it's a bit different because um, you know I work in an office, so I'm sitting at a computer all day long, the last thing I really feel like doing when I get home, aside from recording a podcast, is actually sitting in front of a computer again. So I think that's that's why I prefer playing on, on console rather than yeah. Steam or something. Yeah. I'm sorry, but the first 20 years of PC gaming history, I know how everyone says it's not like that anymore. No, nah, it broke me. I, I just... And even I've seen it happen with people's shit hottest new systems and this is in the last 12 months when oh where you buy Battlefield and put on Ultra and it, your oh, computer's it fucked doesn't matter what it doesn't is matter. whether it's Battlefield whether it's some 
something else. It's just that, oh, you know, some DLL dot what the fuck is not working and shit. And you have to spend an hour uh, and a I half. I think the naming convention is what the fuck dot DLL. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, I'm being overly harsh because I actually have done a little bit of PC gaming where I just installed it and it ran. Actually, um, Bad Company 2 on PC was one of those. So I've probably got enough proof to, to kick that stigma, but it's yeah, just. I think Steam fixes most of that kind of stuff. And GOG do as well. Um, a lot of the GOG stuff, I ran Torment um, fairly well. and uh, oh, Like Planescape Torment? Yes. I, fucking great game. Yeah. That's such a fucking good game. It takes longer to get into than I remember back in the day when I played yeah, that game. Yeah, that's because back in the day, every game had text that you had to fucking read books worth of. Yeah, and <laughs> and I must, have, I must just, we must have been YouTubed. To uh, to turn it into a verb, I mean, we, my attention span. I don't want to say. That, I don't want to say my attention span shorter, but it just, you know, the pacing, the the introduction to torment is very very long, and it takes a while before yeah. you get into the great meta elements where you can tell lies and where you find out some of the really well written things about torment. But it yeah, just such a shame. The intro takes so long. Oh, I've still got my save. I could probably resume, but it also has that old school D and D thing where you start with fucking six hit points and you do one battle and you're dead. And I, I hate that <laughs> really <laughs> difficult opening, you know, moment yeah. of D and D. I think it's running. So on. you're um you're tainted as well by the the new style of gameplay as well. Yeah, where you press a button and something fucking happens. Yeah, where you god mode. <laughs> no. Um, I I guess when when I was younger, I actually did have eight hours a night after school and stuff, you know, and after homework to <laughs> homework here, yeah, yeah, to, to play games like that, and you'd just eat up all the night, and you could sleep for two hours and go to school. But yeah, I can't really do that anymore, and I don't want to. I I, you know, it's something that's come up in the last, even in the last two or three years, is just that. If I'm going to spend a lot of time gaming, I like to do it with mates, and we did it with um, Bad Company, and did it, we're doing it with Borderlands now. You know, Susie and I, and, and Rock, and, and some and other people. Mag, when sometimes there's six, seven of us. Um, it, you know, I enjoy doing that, and even if there's less depth to the game, you know, you hear everyone's voice, you, you sort of catch up, and you have a laugh and talk together. And yeah, other than that, I mean, if it's if I'm going to sp- spend time on a single player game it's got to be really really engaging and i guess like having replayed silent hill 2 i'm still a bit stunned at how how wrapped up in it i am now um and just loving it just really loving it and compelled to play in ways that not really many other modern games have i'm not saying i didn't enjoy them i, I love those games but um but I've just loved Silent Hill 2 and uh, a few others that we'll talk about at some point. I should probably play some Silent Hill games. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're a, they're a I th- breed. I've, I think I vaguely remember maybe once playing a Silent Hill game. Is it the- I always get them mixed up with... Um, Resident Evil? Resident Evil, even though they're not the same <laughs> at all, eh? Uh, they're same, um, same era. And say similar design concepts. Um, yeah, yeah. Not that I play a lot of fucking Resident Evil either. <laughs> wow, but they, they were they were big console titles at the time. Resident Evil was uh, was the beginning of survival horror, pretty much. 
Yeah. Well, and then strict- Left for Dead fucking took it and <laughs> ran with it. Strictly speaking, Alone in the Dark may have been the beginning of survival horror, and I'm sure someone will go, "No, some fucking isometric shit from you know 20 years ago." Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah rogues. Roguelikes, yeah. Roguelikes. Well, well, roguelikes are roguelikes, so yeah. Yeah, they're scary. <laughs> they're fucking annoying. Yes, I'm not into that. No, neither am I. I mean. No, I'm not into that. <laughs> I was trying to think of a reason not w- why I should be into it. I can't think of one. So sorry, sorry guys. Uh, Susie, are you still there? Yes, I am. It's funny because <laughs> ten minutes ago, Tim was like, "If you need me to talk more, just we'll do, talk about this stuff." I know he is. He is like the Yoda of podcasting. Like, oh no, you know, I won't say much. I'm too old and tired and stuff. And then, and push comes the shove. It says blah blah blah. I blah, didn't blah. say it was because I was old. I he does because I didn't play. And then starts new. connect dancing. <laughs> actually, um, I think I think Tim should actually uh, say something about connect Star Wars after after my review that went up last week. So yeah. If you haven't read it yet, guys, it's on the site, dropbeargaming.com, yep. if you didn't know that that was the site of Drop Bear Gaming. Apparently, it's the only positive review on the internet, so you have to check it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> made me even think about maybe con- conceptually um, thinking of maybe getting a Kinect <laughs> or even an Xbox, Xbox. that fucking turns on. <laughs> yeah, you, you might need something to go with that Kinect. I don't think you're going to get much enjoy yeah. of it just to connect on top of your TV. I just need a wet towel and I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, went there. So, oh, yeah, yeah, shit. So, uh, obviously, everyone is just way too clever for Star Wars Connect because it's sort of cool to hate Star Wars now or to hate new school Star Wars. It always was, I guess. Oh, what is this? I think it was his original vision. He's doing what? For everyone to hate new school Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, probably. For everyone to just fucking hate him. Yeah, but you know what? As someone who has an extensive game experience, uh, I'm very game literate. We're all go- we assume, dear listeners, that you're all game literate too. Um, and if you're not, you that's cool. Welcome, is. welcome to the wonderful world of gamers and our colourful language that we use when we talk about them. You know what? I, yeah, I, noob. I, I really, <laughs> you, you noobs, we noobs. I really enjoyed Connect Star Wars. Like, I don't know what it is people are looking for or are expecting or think it should or shouldn't do, but. You wave your arm, your right arm, and you do the bloody lightsaber. You wave your left one, and you can grab things with the force and throw them around. And you jump, and you jump. look. It was great fun. It's it's a little bit silly, but it works, which really impressed me because I wasn't expecting it to actually work. It's you know, and there's a bit of game to it too. It's not just you know flail your arms about and you win yeah. you actually can anticipate an attacker's move and block to the left the right up or down and you know they get stunned if you do that which i discovered which was really cool and it's not easy either it, it can be quite difficult to to successfully block or in essentially counter but it was great i really enjoyed it so to be fair i haven't read everyone else's reviews um but I just put the disc in and had a blast with it. So, Yeah, well, you just said it was a little bit silly. I kind of feel like if you don't want to play a silly game, you probably shouldn't be standing waving your arms around in front of your TV. But it's no more silly than waving your arms around to slice fruit, you know, which is awesome. Yeah, I know. And- That's what I mean. <laughs> like if you're going to be judgmental about it because it's a little bit silly because of that, yeah. it's like why do you even have a connect? 
You need to just fucking lighten up. Well, it's a funny like, thing. Like, I know I lay shit on Connect, but it's fucking pretty cool tech. It's a funny thing because games are all about play, and play, yes, does mean different things. And I like that we're getting into an era where we're discussing play from an ultra serious perspective, you know, where play can be so many things and can do so many things. But play is also fun, people, you know. You're allowed to have fun with it. You laugh and you jump up and down and you go, that's really cool. You know, I, I watched Susie freaking use the force and pick up a robot and smash it into the other robot. So I wanted to do it and I did it and it was just the most awesome thing, you know. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, the cool thing, uh, and I mentioned it in, in the review that I did about um, when it comes to co-op, you can just jump in, jump out, and the game doesn't really shit itself in the process. What? And Tim had been playing for about <laughs> half an hour. I like and... when it doesn't shit itself. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's not like you stand up and the Kinect goes, oh, someone else is in the room. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. No, no menu, nothing. It was, no there was menu. no menu. There was no prompt. It was just, yep, there's another person and the screen splits. And he didn't have to. He continued doing what he was doing. I just stepped in the play space, put my hand up. And it just continued. It just flowed the whole way through. It didn't sort of go, oh, wait, I've got to calibrate that there's a second person. Yeah. It's already been pretty much scripted to do it. Now, that's very simple, but it's it's very convenient at the same time. And that was that was a big uh, plus in, in playing it because, um, you know, and there are games where playing Connect, if you even moved your head out of view, it would... But the whole thing would pause and it, it used to actually sign you out. Um, yeah. So it was actually pretty good. It was pretty good. Absolutely. So you'll have to play it when you get your Xbox and your Connect, Matt. <laughs> I can just come over to your place when yeah. I'm down in Melbourne. Do that. Just play it for a minute. So, um, well... <laughs> Uh, well, I heard some people saying that it didn't quite work very well for them. I don't know who who said it, but someone said their kid didn't get picked up in it very well. And they were having problems with it. But um, I don't know if well, that's just a calibration thing or something like that. Yeah, it could be a calibration issue. But I'll tell you one thing. The morning of the review, my Connect actually fell off my TV. And it wasn't such a clean fall that it just hit the ground. It smashed into the the. Uh, TV unit underneath it and then bounced onto the ground. So it's calibrated now. <laughs> I didn't I didn't calibrate it. I just put it back on the TV and it worked fine. Mm. That's a pretty sturdy piece of of hardware. In my opinion. Absolutely. Well, I think they assume want to be. <laughs> I think they assume that it may take a knock or, you know, it might fall off something, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. At least they don't have to worry about it being thrown into a TV like a Wiimote. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, even um, when Tim went and played it, it uh, we didn't bo- even bother with the calibration for it for him to go in and do it. So it's pretty much programmed to recognise me. But he was still able to jump in and play it. It's still – the tracking of it was still able to find him. Um, and I played it during the day and he played it at night. So – it was pretty good. It's 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 pretty good for what it does. That that being said, I suspect when if people are critical about its its detection and censoring, then I look. I'm willing to say that maybe they, their space might not be configured properly for it. It's one thing playing games where it's just a disc and a controller, and you know we can more or less assume that their controller isn't busted. Um, but 
with something like Connect, I think unfortunately it's the nature of the beast that you know you don't know whether everyone's has a the ideal space for it or has collaborated it properly. And all right, Connect is one of those things where it needs um, certain kind of light and a certain amount of light, etc. And yeah. there's certain conditions that may not be. Um, ideal for it, like direct backlight. I'm not too sure what those are, but it, it's possible that just know, experiment, I guess. Yeah, we we didn't have any problems, um, so yeah. I think it can be done. Yeah, if you're having problems, just kind of experiment and turn lights on, turn lights off, close blinds, open blinds. Yeah, and move back and further from your TV, maybe. That's the rule that applies when you go to play uh, any Kinect game. I usually, um, and it always says if you change the setup of your lounge room at any time, and we generally do because uh, the configuration of couches is a little bit strange at the best of times. So we always shuffle the couches around in the lounge. And so having to go in and, and into the calibration menu is, is really a given any time you want to go and play a Kinect game. So. Mm. But wow. it is fun. It is fun. And there's a lot of variety to it as well. It's not just about, um, you know, moving your right foot forward and waving your left hand around. It's not just about that because I was a massive fan of X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter as a child. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, and I'm just – I have my fingers crossed that they will do a reboot. If there's ever a HD revival game I want them to do, it is X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. And – Anyone who played that might actually be quite happy with the second chapter of the campaign because that was very nice. Yeah, we, uh, that's all I'm going to say. We, oh, so you don't want to spoil it? I don't really want to spoil it because that was a really nice surprise to find. Yeah, that was cool. Um, cool when fun. it came to it, and like and like you say, Tim, find the fun. Yep, it's all about finding just, the fun, it, folks. Stop, just stop yep. being game snobs and find the fun. Mm. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of which, um, sorcery. Oh. Two more podcast episodes, hopefully by the, the not the next episode, but the one after. If Sony send me a copy pre-release, which I fucking hope they do, Sorcery, which is supposed to be the, you know, the first decent game with Move. I mean, not that there's not decent games with Move already, but the first decent, like, action-adventure game. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to playing that very much. And the the screenshots and stuff that I've seen so far look pretty awesome so it's where you like you you wave it around like a wand and depending on the different motions that you swing it's a different spell and you can sort of mix spells together and stuff like that but you use the little dongle fucking thing with the nav controller yep so it's not on rails which is pretty awesome as well Ah. so it'll be um interesting it'll be basically like an hd wii game there was a there was a very similar not very similar a slightly similar game on ds a few years ago where you had to draw the symbol on the screen um but obviously being a ds game it was you know it was very 16-bit awesome kind of thing well no it, it was probably good um but I don't know. I find DS gaming um, tends to be limited in aesthetic, and that makes me sound like, in the end, ultimately, I just love my 3D graphics and high textures and shit, um, which I do. Get a 3DS. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Um, but we... yeah, I'll do that right. I'll run down the shop right now. <laughs> I've seen the 3DS, and yes, it's very impressive. Um, and I sort of wanted it. It has 3D. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, the no, no. 3D gave me a real headache when I was playing it. 
Uh, I was playing F Zero on the 3DS, and after a few minutes of just playing, I was like, "Ow!" You know what gives me a headache? <laughs> what? Nintendo fanboys. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, if there's one group we haven't offended yet, I guess t- tonight's the night. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! A new Mario game. Oh, they well, they are going to do you know New Super Mario Brothers. They're doing New Super Mario Brothers two. New New Super Mario Brothers. Well, no, I don't know whether it's a standalone sequel or whether it's actually like Super Mario World or whatever it is. Um, sorry. It'd be cool if they called it New New. I would like to see some gender equality and have Super Mario sisters. What about the Legend of Maria sisters? Um, the Legend of Link. <laughs> And it's Zelda searching for Link instead of Link searching for... I don't know, Zelda <laughs> thing. Well... What about, what about Metroid other M, M, where it's a man, not a woman? Well, they, they, got it, they got it so right with Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man. I mean, it's not that hard. Really? Wasn't that Namco? Uh, not yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, that's, Miyamoto. That's what that's, but that's what I'm saying. Nintendo should really learn from Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man. Commodore 64, what else do they have? Commodore 64 had Diana Sisters, didn't it? Which was pretty much a Mario clone for C64. I'm going to Google that because that's interesting. Well, Samus technically was a chick, so... Like, that's Samus a... has always been a chick, not technically. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean. They have female characters. Yeah. Technically. What else do they have? Does it, Pokemon has chicks in it, but you play as a dude and you got to fight your cousin in every game. Yeah, I missed the Pokemon boat a few times. Just... That's all right. There'll be another one next year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so we're nearly halfway through. I think our introductions are done. <laughs> in, in that case, I think... Something else that Susie's been playing. What have you been playing, Susie? One very special game. Oh, very special game. Um, of course, I'm talking about Fez, which came out um, uh, nearly two weeks ago now. Actually, time's flown with it. But um, if you haven't played Fez yet, then you are missing out on something that's just, uh, I'd have to say it's the most adorable game that has come out in a really long time. Time. So, what is Fez? Fez is it starts off it's a hat. as a two Turkish hat. <laughs> it's not a Turkish hat. Yeah, it is. That's that's what a Fez is, and that's why you get one. Anyway, sorry, I, I will not interrupt you again. Your face is a Turkish hat. <laughs> <laughs> Turkish yeah. delight. Okay. Yes, a fez is a Turkish hat. That is that is actually correct. So, well, you know, that's true. But that's not what I've been playing. I haven't been sitting with a hat. You haven't been just playing with a hat. <laughs> no. Yeah. Basically. Well, um, oh, it's also a character on that so many show. You've been playing with him? We need to let her talk about the game, seriously. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I could go talk about the game elsewhere. Should maybe. we? Oh, okay, should we just tell people to just pause and go and watch a fucking gameplay trailer for it? Because it's pretty awesome. You can, no, explain <laughs> in your own words what you okay. think Fez is. In my own words. For the people. Okay, the best way I can describe it is it looks like a SNES game, more or less. How it looks is like that. But the gameplay itself. It's deceptive. It's very deceptive. 
perspective. Imagine you're playing uh, at a you know a platform puzzle type game, but it's like a Rubik's cube. Like Super Mario Brothers. Like Super Mario Brothers, but with a Rubik's cube. Super. Maybe not so much. It's very simple, but it's also very complicated. Um, I think Tim was saying when I got it that it's been four years in the making. Yeah, I think Some, so. Yeah, so. Yeah, and it's won like game of the show at some show heaps. Like, Look, when they're saying, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, um, do not judge a game by the screenshots with it because that's what I did at first. It was about two in the morning and – Twitter was lighting up because Fez had finally been released on the marketplace. And I'm thinking, what is Fez? And I looked at the screenshots and I thought, oh, you know, it looks, looks like a hassle. I don't really like platformers much. Mm-hmm. But I thought, no, I'll play the trial. And I just got so much delight from the trial that I just I had to buy it. And in a market where a lot of brand-new Xbox Live titles uh, coming through at 1,200 Microsoft points. Uh, it was only 800, which I thought was very, very nice. Considering- How much is that? Like t- 10, 15 bucks? Uh, yeah, it's about 15, I think. Space bucks. Something something like that. Well, I, I purchased my Microsoft points in bulk, so I usually buy 5,000 points at a time, you know, every quarter. So that I've always. It's a good idea. Just yeah. if you get an idea of a game, see a game and you think, oh, that'd be all right. Fruit, yeah. Fruit Ninja Connect. That looks interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but it's certainly one of the best value, valuable games I've ever come across. The music to it is really. Uh, freaking awesome. It's freaking it's, yeah, awesome. It's wonderful. It's um, hailing from that whole 16 bit aesthetic that it has. It's, it's all the. Susie, you remember playing like SNES games and stuff and what used to, what in our minds were these sweeping epic themes, even though they were these FM synthesis kind of blippy bloppy, you know, and, and strange whirrings kind of digital sounds. It's like that, but in the most modern and awesome way possible. Um, mm. And you, there were bits, Susie, that really reminded me of um, Blade Runner, uh, of the whole Vengeance I was stuff. about to say that as well. There was a very Blade Runner feel to the soundtrack of uh, Fez as well. So, look, it's, it's a game that's actually really hard to describe other than it's adorable, it's challenging, it has a fucking awesome soundtrack to it. So... It's worth the money. Um, it, it's just an incredible game. Play the trial for free. Play it. Yeah, absolutely. It, gi- it gives you an idea of, of how the feel of it goes. Uh, basically, the way you can sort of rotate your level like a Rubik's Cube is with your left and right bumper, and that's how you can sort of climb up things, go, get to doorways, etc. So I, I was sitting there thinking about it. It was almost like looking at... Um, how they make the Transformers toys. It's like, where did they start in a way? It's, it's there is how, this, do you, there, how do you design it? Absolutely. <laughs> there, there's this beautiful mastery of how a level unfolds. Um, there was this one area I remember where where you were just sort of jumping around and there's all these blocks that almost seem placed at random um, distance from each other and they're all sort of moving around at certain times and staying still and they don't really look like anything 
when you rotate the screen, um, it ends up that they're all in a row. So think of it as uh, as a three D um, level that gets flattened, and you can view it from one plane, and that becomes your playing field. And then you rotate the whole thing, and that becomes flattened. So it really plays with that sense of distance because something that's very far away in one plane can be once you rotate it can be very close and within jumping distance, and yeah. and that's probably. <laughs> the best attempt we can make at describing what it is, and yeah. it, it, it's it's hella fun, and it's just super clever. Mm. Yeah. So you no, s- just no, suggest everyone gets the trial and get has a crack at it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's there's no time pressure with it. Uh, the basic idea of it is that you go and collect cubes, um, and you've got to collect so many cubes to open another door. Uh, I think it's 32 cubes in total at the end of the game. We'll we'll sort of finish it off. But if you you fall off a ledge, it doesn't say, oh, respawning or, you know, reload checkpoint. It just puts you back where you were before. There's no penalty for death. There's no – it's probably one of those games that just really – there's enough challenge in the puzzle – or the like the puzzle side of the levels that you don't need any added pressure of time or or the – risk of death or anything like that yeah it's not about you making a pixel perfect jump failing it and then being checkpointed because that's pointless that is not where the cleverness of the game lies and i think he's taken a a leaf out of um jonathan blow's book with braid and in particular the levels where time only moves when you move so you would jump into an enemy and essentially you would die but you don't die it just stops there and because your character can't move anymore you have to rewind. Do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it's, that's a great game. Yeah, it, it's a real. Bummer. I should go back to that. <laughs> got halfway through it. Oh, it gets it gets super challenging towards the end. But um, yeah, that's why I only got halfway through it. But Fez is <laughs> towards the end of Fez. I, I, I've not read too much because I want to keep myself from it. But I think there are some real, you know, harebrained uh, puzzles coming. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it. It really, um, like you were saying, it kind of encourages you to think kind of outside the box and get creative with how you're going to how you're going to play the game. Yeah, I like that rather than I mean I still like games. Yeah, rather than checkpointing you it's like here yeah, how about you just, you know, spend your time thinking. Yeah. I mean and you know your punishment is that you can't proceed and your reward is that you figure it out and you get to, to carry it out. Um I don't get me wrong I love games that are about the developing of of dex, dexterous skills and you know a sense of timing and putting all that all that stuff together but um but Fez is definitely from the Braid school of, okay, you know, doing well and succeeding is something different. It means something else now. It's it's not just falling off a ledge. And, you know, and and as Susie said, you know, you fall off a ledge, you just reappear. And, and it's great because that's meaningless. That That's not what's going to stop you. you you're going to be thinking about these puzzles once you've gone to bed, you know. So Yeah, that's mm. true. <laughs> and you'll be so... hearing that awesome, awesome music. Yeah, I, just hearing the music alone is worth is even worth it. It's just, ah, it's just, ah, I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah, worth the wait. It's it's been that many years in the making. It's it's very good. Although I am hearing things, a lot of people are saying how glitchy it can be in some parts. I actually haven't come across too many glitches 
or really any glitches with the game so far. So uh, I have seen through the Twitter feeds that they are working on it. So um, if you do play it and come across some problems or you just send a friendly tweet through to the developers and, you know. You're pretty much looking at a game that was more or less made by a four-person team. Seriously, I remember reading an article when it was pretty much a three-person team. It was Phil Fish, one of the other guys, and Brandon McCartan who did the sound design. Um, or at the time it may have been Brandon Renault Badard yeah. or something uh, well he, he's the other lead programmer so it may have been him um, and it was three guys in a room you know seriously and, and the quality of this game that's come from such a tiny tiny you know team without <laughs> without deriding the indie scene um, too much or in any way this to me feels like Indie really coming into its own. Oh, and look, I know Indie's been going for a long time and there's been some wonderful little games and, and they're sort of cool and they're a little bit pokey and, and that's great. But this is, wow, this is a an amazing and wonderful product from a tiny team. So, yeah, mm. get into it. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say if you're not going to, um, like I haven't played it, but I've watched the gameplay video of it and I'd say if you are on the fence and you can't be asked with downloading the trial, just Google Fez game, probably Fez game, game as well, and um, check out a video on YouTube of the gameplay. You don't even have to watch it for long. Like watch it for 30 seconds and you'll yeah. you'll immediately know if this is something that will interest you. Yep. So um, also apparently there's a chance of it coming out on other platforms in the future. Which is cool. I, I reckon that's an inevitable. Like Braid, it, it's such a quality game. There's you know, yeah. people will throw money and it support it. So, mm. oh, and the um, the awards that I was saying it got, um, excellence in visual art award at the Independent Games Festival in two thousand and eight. <laughs> so we're speaking of how long ago it was developed. It was initially announced in two thousand and seven. Yeah, and they announced it to be released in twenty twelve. So they're like, yeah, this is going to take us five years. Mm. So yeah, Excellence in Visual Art at the IGF in 2008, where it was also nominated for the Design Innovation Award. I don't know what won it that year because this is a pretty innovative design if you ask me. Mm. Uh, And at Indiecade 2011, it was Best in Show and Grand Prize at the IGF 2012 Independent Games Festival this year. So... Yeah, 2008 um, Innovation Award, World of Goo got it. World of Goo. And it, yeah, so there you go. Sorry, I just went to the um, the wiki for the IGF. That's what we're all about, mate. We're all about coming up with facts on the spot. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next topic. I think we've, we've spoken about Fez enough. Yep. Uh, here's a quick one. I went to Supernova on the weekend. Ooh, you big Supernova. massive nerd. Yeah, I know. I had to. So my my running joke that I used multiple times, and it's probably if anyone's listening now that's already heard it, it's still funny. Uh, someone people would say, "Are you going dressed up as anything?" And I would say, "I'm going dressed up as a slightly overweight nerd," because then I don't have to get dressed up. So that's my joke. <laughs> Laugh, damn it. Ha 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 ha. There was some slightly overweight nerds that actually did get dressed up. Oh, what in Wonder Woman outfit? <laughs> no. 
oh, there were stormtroopers there, and I had to hold back from saying, aren't you a little bit short to be a stormtrooper? Oh, oh you're a bully. No, oh, okay, I'll tell you a story, because Supernova, okay, Supernova's a pop culture festival uh, expo, and it's all about anime, comics, like you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, figurines. There's a little bit of gaming stuff, which is how I managed to get a press pass. Because I just say, you know, I need to check out Ghost Recon Future Soldier, which we're going to talk about. And I did check it out. So I didn't just dodgy up the press pass just to get in and look at cosplayers, uh, which there's lots of. But um, they there was this group called, geez, it'd be good if I remember their name, 501st Brigade or something. I'm going to just Google these guys. Really, oh, 501st Legion. And I don't know what they do, but they were running uh, a thing to raise money for Starlight Children's Foundation. Yes, okay. are we still? Yeah. We're still listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good story, and that's it. No, I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you pay. You paid four bucks, and you got to get a photo taken with. Okay, 501st Legion is the world's definitive imperial costuming organization. So they get dressed up as stormtroopers and shit. So they did a thing awesome. where, yeah, it was cool. And you you pay four bucks, and you and they had a little computer set up, and it would take four photos of you with three second intervals in between them, and you got to pose with like stormtroopers or imperial officers or whatever. You know, you could say, "Oh, I want to pose with him and him." Pay four bucks, go and get your four photos taken, and then they'd print them out. Like I don't know if people remember old school photos that aren't digital on a computer. The ones that you actually hold what, with your yeah, hands. The ones that you you ducked under a curtain and it went poof. No, like smoke and stuff. No, like, like a, those a really photo. old ones. No, I'm talking about photos from like a film. You know, you know when you go to Kmart and pay fifty cents <laughs> to fucking print a photo off your computer, like that. Yeah, people still have one hour photo. Just say one hour photo. You don't. Do you just, mean? Do you mean like up your iPhone and say Check pencil this rubbings on artifacts? You know those like. <laughs> Cave, caveman yeah, yeah. drawings. Yeah, things. like in the Flintstones, where there's that, <laughs> it's just madly trying to chip that rock. Um, sorry, anyway, sorry. So I paid my four <laughs> bucks, and I go up because I see this, and I'm like, "That's pretty cool." There's Boba Fett and Darth Vader and Stormtroopers and shit. And I was like, "Okay, four bucks, sweet, I'll do it," because it's for a good cause. So I get in the first photo. And, like, as pe- people in front of me are going up and they're, like, posing, like, oh, no, I'm scared. And Darth Vader's got, like, his lightsaber and Boba Fett's, like, holding a gun at them. And then, like, Boba Fett, next one, Boba Fett gets him in a headlock, stuff like that. Real, like, kind of cool photos. It's awesome. So I get up and they decide not to get creative with me. I have to get creative myself. So I've <laughs> I put an arm around Boba Fett like we're mates. Oh. And- <laughs> And the photo goes, and I'm like, yes, sweet. And then I go, Darth Vader's on my other side, and I go and put my arm around him as well. But because he's a little bit taller, I end up smacking him in the back of the head (laughs) 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 and half knocking his helmet like loose forward, right? So the helmet's like askew. So in the next photo, I'm like hanging wildly off Boba Fett. fucking one arm's up behind Darth Vader and Darth Vader's helmet's fucked. So the next photo, I'm shaking Boba Fett's hand. Right. Next photo, I'm shaking Boba Fett's hand and Darth Vader's got a stormtrooper helping him with his fucking helmet. Like, keep in mind, these are three-second intervals, so this is live, live happening. And then in the fourth photo, 
he's walking away and there's like a woman dressed up as like one of the imperial officers in like the black clothes with the little hat. Yeah, and she's like, he's walking away and she's trying to help this fucking helmet. And me and Boba Fett are just both like looking going, oh, what's going on with Darth Vader? <laughs> Where are these photos? I must see these photos. It's 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 on one thing and it's like the first photo is big and then the other three are little and down the side of it. So I'll see if I can, I'll see if I can scan it in and I'll chuck it up in the um, show <laughs> episode. Awesome. But it's pretty funny. And I know I joked. I was like, "Hey, man, Luke Skywalker took three movies to do that, and I just took out Darth Vader in fucking thirty seconds." <laughs> so, that's my supernova story. <laughs> that's all that happened. That's what, no, I um. That's what happens when you mix ordinary people with people who dress up. Yeah, just fucking. They're like, dude, you have to be kind of, you have to be gentle. It's just a dude in a costume. <laughs> I'm like, stop breaking the fourth wall. <laughs> No, but yeah, it was pretty fun. I got to see a lot of cool shit. Um, there was a wrestling match that I saw of two chicks fighting, and then to 20 minutes later, they were breaking the fourth wall because they were just having a friendly chat on the side of the fucking boxing wrestling ring. I'm like, why are you guys talking? You were killing each other five minutes ago and yelling at each other like you hate each other. And they, they probably just... weren't talking. They were probably bitching. No, they were like laughing. Hang on. <laughs> what, what, what on earth could that be for or in aid of? What? To at Supernova, to, yeah. Oh, it's like Australian Wrestling Federation or some shit like that. Uh, it's like, uh, like actual. Do we have like a, a, a amateur wrestling federation thing? That just makes yeah. that just makes me think of Darren Aronofsky's uh, film The Wrestler, which was awesome and also a bit sad. Oh man, yeah. I watched that. I was standing there watching these chicks fight, and I was like, man. Mickey Rourke's way better. <laughs> Which one of them was Mickey Rourke? <laughs> Neither. Yeah. I was like, where's the stripper? Where's Marissa Tomei naked? <laughs> but, but also sad because everyone in that film was... was and I love that. It's one of my favourite films. Yeah, no, good movie. Um, what, what else happened and what else happens at Supernova? Okay, so they get a bunch of um, of kind of pop culture people that are famous. Yep. Yeah, it's called Australasian Wrestling Federation, by the way. There you go. Good on them. Yeah. Uh, there's a few tables set up with people putting together what I guessed were like Warhammer figurines or something. Okay. Which you can do at home without buying a ticket to go there, but that's okay. <laughs> if we can do that, oh, I'm not judging. what it's all about, you can find out. Yeah. If you love it, go and get amongst it, mate, because I'm not going to judge. And I think anyone who goes there and is a judgmental dick will, you know, there's some pretty fucking big guys there dressed up with weaponry. So don't fuck with them. Nuts. There was Borg from Star Trek. They will assimilate you. Cool. Resistance is futile. <laughs> so so they they do like screenings of anim, uh, of yeah animes and stuff like that. Little bits and pieces. But the thing that drew my attention obviously to go there was the Ghost Recon Future Soldier uh stand nice. that Ubisoft were running. Yeah. They they just um started the closed beta for the multiplayer last week. Open, I think it's open to Xbox and PS3. Yep. Uh, anyway, I know I played the PS3 version, obviously, last Thursday as soon as it was on. Oh, Friday I played a bit of it. So that was pretty fun, pretty interesting little shooter, if you like third-person shooters. 
Uh, it's got some pretty interesting kind of active camo stuff and stealth missions and stuff. But the one that they had on display at Supernova was a mode. They had the co-op campaign, which I didn't get a chance at, and I kind of wish I'd have gone back and played the co-op campaign. I probably could have roped in one of the guys, Ubisoft guys working there to help me, one of the marketing guys, to co-op with me. But um, they had four system-linked Xboxes running a mode called Gorilla, which is kind of like a... F- uh, online four player or more maybe uh, co-op so that was pretty interesting and it was like your standard you know you've got to take this building and there's people in it and then you go in and you take it and then the floor goes a special color because you're all looking through like special goggles the floor goes this color and it's like okay if an enemy comes on the ground it'll change to red and you have like X amount of seconds to get him out or kill him uh-huh. or you lose the base. Yeah, right. Which is pretty interesting because you, you're all like active camo. But as soon as you spot someone, like if you're walking through the bushes, you'll notice this if you play the multiplayer beta as well. If you're like sneaking up on an enemy base or something, you won't be able to see everyone. But then as soon as one of your teammates get a, an eye on one of the enemies, yeah. they come up as like as if you they they come up on your vision yeah it looks like you're looking normally except that they're like outlined in red yeah even if they're behind walls so you can see them it's sort of like taking um taking on uh a couple of things it's like i remember rainbow six uh vegas which i actually want to get back and play and co-op it's on sale at the moment on psn i think Oh, yeah, yeah they're, they're offering them for download now. I've got them both on disc, um, yeah. Vegas 1 and 2, where you, if you, if someone can see them, they appear on your little mini-map. Um, the other thing I think was one of those downloadable multiplayer games that didn't really take off was called, oh, what was it, Black Light, Black Sight, something like that. It was supposed to be, a, you know, like a death-matching uh, King of the Hill variant game where you you had special mm. abilities and you could see through walls and you'd see like a, a red silhouette of them so yeah but this this sounds really cool yeah so yeah it, it's and it's the same thing obviously the other way around if the, one of the enemies spots you then you can pretty much tell that they're fucking yeah they can all see you basically yeah so if you see a grenade coming, you can pretty much imagine that they know exactly where you're standing and the grenade's not going to bounce away like it was throwing them wildly. Yeah, yeah. So which adds to making it pretty interesting. Cool. And it it kind of stops camping, I guess, as well. Yeah, if someone... Because if you come around a corner and you die, then your mate can see the silhouette of that person because they know that you're there. Yeah, yep. So you can just come around the corner just fucking shooting wildly, which is why I like it, because that's how I play. <laughs> shooting wildly. So, yeah, Ghost Recon Future Soldier comes out this month. No, next month, May. Cool. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping this episode will be out before May, because it'll be just disappointing. <laughs> I don't like it taking that long. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll definitely recommend you guys try that out. If you've got PS Plus... I think it's available, if not already, then it will be this week, which will be, by the time this goes up, probably in a couple of days, it should be, if if it's not, I'm going to send an email to Ubisoft and ask why, because it's available on the American, to the American PlayStation Plus subscribers. But, um, if you if you pre-ordered a copy through EB Games, they should have... Um, 
If you did it online, they would have emailed a code for the beta. If you got it in store, just ask them if they've got a code. Yeah, do Luke's trick and go, hey, man, I came in earlier and pre-ordered. I pre-ordered at this other store and they said they ran out of codes, but they said if I come to this store, you'll be able to give me one. That's his trick. Did I just get Probably got him in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but that's how he used to get some cool codes for shit. So if you want to try that little trick out, don't fuck it up. Everybody's got to know what to expect at a beta. So, you know, if you're not, if you don't know what a beta is and you're not prepared for what it may entail, just wait for the game. Wait for reviews and... And things because, There's a chance it'll be madly unbalanced and well, there might be bugs and, and shit And like they that. stress test servers, so what they want is they give out a certain number of, of uh, beta keys so they know that they'll be hit by a, a fairly predictable um, number of server requests and they pretty much want to stress test it. They want to push it to crashing, which means you will try and lobby up and it won't work and that is the point. That is why you are there. So please, people, if you're going to get into a beta understand what it is and what it's doing and that you're contributing to the better health of the full game when it comes out exactly it's so that that kind of testing doesn't have to happen after the game's gone live and everyone's bought it yeah they play it for five minutes realize it's fucked because there was no beta and then they leave it and never come back and then the multiplayer of the game dies yeah even even with um, extensive beta testing. They, when the full population gets on, you, you just never know how it's it's going to yeah. behave. So, you know, betas are a good way of doing the best you can in in anticipation yeah. of the server load you think you're going to get. So, yeah. you know, folks. But in the end, we just have to ask gamers to be patient. Yeah. Because that's the thing they're really good at. <laughs> gamers are really patient and understanding. Uh, so the PAL version of Ghost Recon is, uh, Future Soldier is due for release on May 24th. Awesome. Uh, next topic. That went on for longer than I expected. Uh, God of War Ascension has been announced, the new God of War. There was a te- little teaser thing put on Facebook, on the PlayStation Facebooks, and also it was on the PlayStation blog, a little image that said, Will, uh, what did it say? Will Vengeance Bring Redemption? Or will redemption bring vengeance? Something like that. And uh, everyone was like, what game is that? And it said 19th of the 4th. So on the 19th of the 4th in America, which was the 20th here, thanks for making me wait an extra day, even though it was not an extra day wait, really. (laughs) Stupid time zones. I'm on the 19th. I'm like refreshing their blog. They're like, man, we must be getting heaps of hits from Australia today. (laughs) No, No problem, guys. No problem. Uh, so anyway, God of War Ascension is a new God of War by Santa Monica Studios. Uh, it's a prequel, so there. It's apparently there's not much to say about it because there's not much been released about it. But there is a teaser trailer on our site, dropbeargaming.com, if you want to go check it out. So it's about him and his wife and his kid. Yeah, basically, it says before he was a god, he was a man. So less- it's probably him just like going to the shops, getting some milk. Um, well, no, because bring the whole story bit. is that... the milk? <laughs> the whole story is Where's that he had women? anger management issues, isn't it? Like, that's the Yeah, point. I'm pretty sure he killed his family. Sorry, that might uh, be a spoiler, a spoiler for anyone who hasn't played God of War, but Kratos is really angry. Yeah, I haven't actually played any except the, the first PSP one, which is set before God of War 1 anyway. Yeah. But I did just order them. So in the next three to five weeks, I should be playing them. 
so then I'll retroactively come back and remove any spoilers that I accidentally said because I had no fucking idea what I was talking about. We'll erase them from your brains, people. We have. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, God of War is a pretty popular game. Um, I think God of War Two was kind of like this supposed to be like the swan song of the PS2, where it like showed off the greatest that the PS2 could do. I don't know. I never played it. It's just what I hear. And um, with all the talk of the PS4, which is apparently codenamed Orbis, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop that one in. I don't know if you guys mentioned that last week. No. Um, you know, with the PS4, I think a lot of apparently rumors, 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 a lot of developers have already got dev kits for the new Xbox and the new PS3 or PS4 or whatever it's going to be called, the Orbis. Mm. So this is probably going to be the last God of War on the, this generation. So it should be pretty good, you would think. Plus, it's Santa Monica. They're pretty good. They do good things. Yes, they do. So, Tim, tell me why you hate God of War. <laughs> I don't hate God of War. Um, I just don't get into the combat. I just don't like it. Yeah, thematically, it's quite grand, and that's fine. I guess all of them are, all of these games with... You know, slicey, cutty, jumpy, running, dodging. I just, I guess, um, I've tried to get into Devil May Cry and a few others um, along the way, and we go down a long Capcom trail until we get to Bayonetta, and the theme set aside, because I know that people like to talk about the theme, as far as the combat mechanics go, it is just amazing. It's really fluid, it's really tight, it's consistent. Um, it is all about observing your enemies, um, pattern recognition, and you know your interrupts are very clear, your unblockables are very clear, your dodge mechanic is very clear, and it works. God of War just feels a bit messy, and I, I realise that you know maybe God of War is not trying to be that kind of thing, but it's how I try to play it. And there are enemies whose animations are uninterruptible, whose attacks are tracking. Um, sorry, we're getting into a bit of a lingo here, but. I don't know, it makes it feel a little bit cheap um, and, you know, effortless. Mm-mm. Effortless is the wrong word. Just not very graceful in how you overcome challenges. Um, but that being said, you know, um, it, it is... It, it's not necessarily... It's not really glitchy or anything. Um, so a lot of people enjoy it and get into it and that's cool. Put it on the easiest setting, I guess. <laughs> But yeah, that's yeah. that's why. Sweet, God of War. <laughs> there you go. I haven't played any of them except for the one on the PSP. Oh. I kind of like it. I, th- you know, why I think I like it. I just the themes, mythological, interests me. It's like how I like Assassin's Creed. Yeah, which is completely different because that's history, not fucking myth. Fair enough. Look, but, there's, um, yeah, there's um, there's certainly something to the theme, and if if you get into that sort of thing, then um, yeah. there's some there's some pretty cool things that happen and where you go and what happens to Kratos and and that sort of thing. Um, and I, uh, you know, climbing around on giant things uh, probably more or less began with uh, Shadow and the Colossus, and that, that's a very 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 different kind of game. But um, God of War, which I kind of feel like buying. Oh, but I haven't been quite convinced yet. People say that game's fucking awesome. Why don't you have that? And I'm. It was on sale last a couple of weeks ago on the PSN store, and I'm like, the week after, I was like, I only get that. But it was already not on sale anymore. I was like, fuck. You need to maybe try it first. Not as in not even just watch gameplay. Try it first. It, it's a it's a unique beast, so you may not. 
yeah. get into it, which is fine, um, which is the best thing about things being quite unique. But God of War is approachable. Um, there's some fun stuff to doing it, and, and it's got that sort of spectacle element of mm. it. And there, there's some really, really great moments. There's things that you see in the distance, and then you end up walking along, you know, running along them, and it's just, wow, it's such a great thing to do in a game. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't hate well, it. It's just I don't really get into it. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, climbing on things and <laughs> Shadows of the Colossus, um, how are we going for time? Chuck another. I'm going to chuck one thing in here. All right, go for it. Castlevania Lords of Shadow. <sighs> Underrated game. Underrated so game. Okay, so <clears throat> I bring this up because that was a good segue, the Shadows of the Colossus thing, because there's a lot of, like, I haven't played it, but... I've heard that the um, boss battles in Lords of Shadow are a lot like Shadows of the Colossus. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're actually pretty decent, and they're, they're probably not not overtly anyway as, or what can you say, spiritual as Shadow of the Colossus. There's, there's, a lot of, um, there's a lot of subtext happening in Shadow of the Colossus, but Lords of Shadow has some pretty cool things happening in it as well. One particular boss battle is, is pretty great when you nail it um otherwise if you get thrown off it takes a little bit of time for the the boss to sort of cycle through and start the whole thing again to give you the opportunity to climb all over it but yes it does borrow um a little bit from um shadow of the colossus but yeah one of the best things i like about lords of shadow is just the brooding atmosphere that it has and Mm -hmm. it's and well some vampires it's like Twilight if it wasn't shit. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's an interesting story happening, but it, it is quite brooding. It's not, you know, you, you get the sense that it's about more than just, you know, there's an evil about the land and you're trying to cleanse this evil. It's um, the main character is, is a pretty, you know, sullen kind of guy. Um, yeah. And the combat is not too bad either. It probably comes from that whole Bayonetta school of inputs and pauses and holding buttons and yeah so which is a lot simpler yeah. than you know inputting combos in a fighter like Street Fighter or or even Soul yeah. Calibur and that sort of thing yeah it has that kind of combo method but using only two buttons yeah so yeah you add a few things with the triggers later on with light magic and dark magic and yeah yeah and that sort of thing right. but um but in general it's mostly like two to the face buttons a couple of them yeah. not all of them have you seen much of it matt uh well i played through the whole first disc on xbox cool and then i was like sidetracked and now like mainly playing on my ps3 i was like i need to fucking get it by the way, guys, this came out in October 2010, so it's pretty old. Well, not old, but it's not new. So, but it is. A, but um, it's a gorgeous game, though. Like, yeah, it, I picked it up for like 25 bucks on Os Game Shop or 20 bucks or something. I saw it on there for that, and I was like, man, I've been wanting to play that ever since I didn't fucking get onto the second disc on Xbox because I couldn't stop playing it when I was playing it on the Xbox. I was just fucking engrossed in it, it which doesn't happen that often. It's made by, um, I mean, what is it? Konami owned the property. Um, Kojima had a little bit to do with it, but most of yeah. the hard work is done by Mercury Steam, which is a Spanish company. And it has very European sensibilities, the way it's presented, the cameras, the way some of the dynamic and fixed cameras move about. It is poetic. It's just beautiful. You open up into these vistas and... 
cinematic, I think, is a word that can be a little bit abused sometimes when describing games, but this is a different kind of cinematic presentation. It's just, you've got to see it to, to understand. Um, and you spend a lot of time just walking around and reading, you know, journals of fallen soldiers. And, and it just, it, it's pretty down. Like, the whole thing's pretty down. And I guess I like that about it. There's not this massive enthusiasm like, yeah, kick ass, we're going to defeat evil or something, you know. Um, yeah, it's like he's mourning his, his wife the whole time. Yeah, the, the death of his From wife. From what I've seen. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And um, for those who know the ending, it, it, it it's pretty cool. So, yeah, it, it's it's definitely... I think a lot of people dismissed it because it really looks like a traditional 3D. It's just a 3D game, you know. You run, you jump, you yeah, action stuff, adventure kind of thing. You climb around. Yeah. It's like an, an, a couple. Of, there's one scene early on, maybe even it's in the first chapter, even where um, you just after you fight this big troll in a graveyard, and then you have to sort of you go out and you go out onto this cliff face and you've got to jump just before you get to Pan's temple. Yep. Yeah, which is like second last level. Yeah. And you've got to jump across these fallen down steps. Yeah. Or bridge or something. And then as as you walk out to it, it sort of zooms out kind of uncharted style. Yes. Where it, it just gives you this big overview of sort of the backdrop of the the environment and then shows you like what's ahead and everything and kind of really reminds me of Uncharted in that. Yeah. So interesting absolutely but um definitely an underrated game and i think people should really give it a chance yes so definitely um check that game out i would completely agree (laughs) so that's it we're done that's all All right we've run out we've just clocked over an hour ish uh so i think that's a pretty good time to call it quits um yeah you got any shout outs guys Nope. Just for something different. See if there's anyone that you want to say g'day. Oh, you know what we should finish up with? Um, we, Susie and I, went to Symphony of Legends um, video games oh, unplugged, yeah. performed by the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra, and that was. I'm pretty jealous. And that was really cool. <laughs> That's all. I, that was actually very cool. I just want to make everyone jealous, and so, so shout out to the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Hell yeah. It, it, Absolutely, it was it was so much <laughs> Keep fun. Keep on rocking, dudes! <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was great, and there was some music that had never been performed live before. So that was sort of special. Made us feel special. Yeah, uh, if I can just make actually, I do have a shout out, um, and that goes to uh, who is it? Square Enix. I, Enix. Yep. For making Final Fantasy Thirteen too, you guys are awesome. <laughs> just kind kidding. of. Kind of. Um, when I bought we that did, the other day, though. Don't know why. <laughs> when we were at Symphony of Legends, um, the music to the um, to the games that we were listening to had in-game cinematics playing on the screen there. But for Final Fantasy and also for Secret of Mana, nothing was provided. So, big shout out for being a bit of a tight about. Situation and not providing <laughs> footage from in games to go with the lovely music that goes with it. Yeah, it Square. was pretty disappointing. But um, I understand that you know there would have been a cost associated with getting the rights to be able to actually perform the music. But 
for all the other games that were featured, uh, and just a quick rundown, there was um, uh, what was that? Halo Combat Evolved. Oh, Uncharted theme. Yep, yeah, Uncharted. Fuck yeah, that's my ringtone. I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, Assassin's Creed, Bioshock. Um, so some real heavy hitters there of of you know, recent Civ- recent Civilization. games. Civilization, fi- Civilization Five, is it or four? Oh, sorry, oh, sorry, Civilization. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and also uh, Soul Calibur, which um, pretty much I think was my highlight of the show as well. So uh, you know. Everyone else provided a bit of footage that went along with it, but as far as Square Enix goes, nothing. Sweet. I think they're so, I think they're a little bit tight because um, Square Enix do their own shows. Uh, I don't know whether they have footage there or not, but come on, I mean, it was, just give give them a bit of footage. It was it was a wonderful evening, and you're having your music played, and your fans like, you know, we cheered for things, and and we really cheered after the after the performances too. So anyway, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing to be honest, but, uh, the, but the music was wonderful. Mm. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. And that's what it's all about. That's a good, that's a good, that's a, place that's a good music. <laughs> that's good music. I think. Yeah. I don't have any shout outs. Sorry guys. We're mean. You didn't earn any. Shout outs. <laughs> nah, you, you guys are awesome. Is there anyone <laughs> out there? Are we, I don't even care if people are listening. Oh. I mean, I, I appreciate you guys listening, but I just have such a good time. I think this episode's our best episode ever. <laughs> cool. Sorry, Luke. Well, you say that every every episode. Yeah, but they get better. I saw them pretty fucked, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the first to admit it. Well, I bring the team down. You, we're, go, we're going to have to issue a challenge, and you're both going to have to be in an episode at the same time. I'd have to see, check my schedule. Oh, come on. Actually, you know how I can make this really easy? The PlayStation blog just announced that Skype is coming to the PlayStation Vita on the 25th of April. Okay. There you go. Which is actually the 26th here because we're not in fucking England. Yet, yet, yet another platform to Skype on, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It has a camera on it. Oh, okay. So I, can, I can video call you. Fair enough. Probably not. Which Probably you right. can already do on a computer, laptop, smartphone. What else? Yeah, but my Vita's battery is not short enough already. <laughs> there you go. No, but seriously, I can just d- jump on randomly, just get on Skype via 3G, drop in, drop out because I'm with Vodafone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but three in Vodafone feature drop-in and drop-out coverage. <laughs> Don't you mean co-op? No. No, you just drop, drop out. I, There's I, no drop-in. I know your woes because in the middle of the – well, during the intermission, I tried to, you know, send out a couple of tweets uh, from the auditorium at the Melbourne uh, Conference and Entertainment Centre, which is in South Melbourne, so it's hardly anywhere where you need to roam three mobile. But, yeah, I, my data coverage was just non-existent. Ah, uh, that sucks. Yeah. They don't, they don't cover yep. auditoriums. Anyway, that's probably a good place to finish up. Because <laughs> otherwise we might need to call it dropout gaming. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's how we end it. <laughs> Is it? Is it? I think we make, should just wind make down. Make my podcasting career. <laughs> just winding down. Yeah. No, right. seriously. Thanks for listening, guys. Catch you later. Thank you. Bye. Bye.